The FBI announced Sunday that they've confiscated the old brass spittoon. They need to do DNA testing to determine who the hell these walk-ons and fifth stringers are playing meaningful minutes for MSU football. You're listening to Can't Read, Can't Write. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Can't Read, Can't Write, the podcast that proves Spartans can talk. I'm Mike Jones, joined as always by the guy who was, for years, Draymond's headlock practice dummy, Kevin Gregg. <laughs> Taught him all he knows, you know? And mm-hmm. when he got mm-hmm. that look in his eye, I saw it on the, on, you know, in the middle of the game. When he got that look in his eye, I was like, oh, ooh, cold you know sweat. Well. Yeah. But it's, it's exciting, too, to see he's still got it. So we, we like that. We like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you see the, the bit? on snl about that whole thing i did it was fantastic and written by a spartan yeah i mean uh, he knew a lot of details about Draymond. it's only like a true nba or msu basketball fan good i don't and i honestly don't even know that like nba people fully understand who draymond is uh you you have to you have to know him from back in the day. Yeah, you have to like. Do you remember his first television ad spot? Uh, was for mm-hmm. Nike, I want to say, and they it was Draymond taking questions from the media, and one of the media people asked, "Did you see what your mom tweeted last night?" And I was like, "Oh my god!" Not only is Draymond like hitting it big, but like he's already a personality and there's already like mythology around him and it's just gotten like bigger and crazier from there. And now, you know, he's also headlocking Rudy Gobert and serving five game suspensions. It's fine. I don't think anyone, uh, I think it's a little too trendy to, to be hating on Draymond for this latest thing. Mm -hmm. I think in reality, everybody wishes that he'd gone a little bit farther. Yeah. At least he picks dudes for the most part that nobody likes. Um, But, you know, he could do all of us a service. Jordan Poole. Yeah. Uh, He could do all of us a service and headlock, you know, Miles Bridges and maybe even (laughs) kill him. I don't don't know. Whatever. Um, Anyway, uh, did you? That was also a bummer to see that he got a a standing ovation from. Mm. My God. Mm. Gross. Yeah. Uh, It. You would have thought that the court was the biggest eyesore that there could be, but no, the but fans no. managed to top it. Yeah. Uh, all right. We want to thank everyone, of course, for listening. Uh, if we could ask a small favor, please share the pod with Spartans in your life. Uh, do seriously, please, please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get podcasts. And of course, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Spartan underscore pod. Rick, we have a lot of show to get through. Uh, what do we got? Bro, there were a lot of sports this weekend. Um, we begin with the green wall, where football, even today, under these circumstances, always leads. Uh, then we move on to the off-Grand River segment, where we're going to talk about the MSU presidential search, among other you should, things. You should clarify for people, we are also going to talk about basketball and hockey and women's soccer. And- yes, we will do that. Uh, and then we'll kind of preview some games. And as always, take your Twitter questions. All right, let's get into it. There's a lot to get to. So we'll start with the football game. Uh, I think my favorite stat was that MSU, any, any college team is allowed to travel with 75 players to a, a, an away game. Yeah. MSU brought 50 scholarship players with them to play 
the Indiana Hoosiers uh, and and left and left with, with fewer with than that. <laughs> truly, truly horrendous. Uh, but MSU pulls out the W, uh, beating Indiana 24-21 in in a game that I guess I have a hard time talking too much about about football. Like, I want to be happy. There were some really cool moments from the game, but Indiana is cheeks, and that's, uh, I presume, Twitter internet parlance for butt. Do do caca. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, As they Indiana's letting up 30 points per game on average. We didn't really sniff that number. Uh so yeah. I mean the it, like and it's it, why lament the play calling? Because Jay Johnson's not gonna be you know what I mean? Like there's a degree to yeah, which this is worth pointing out. This is basically the last podcast that you will listen to, dear listener before the end of Jay Johnson and Scotty Hazelton and Ross Ells and all of their effectively the end we, of their careers. We might have to pull out the scotch next week <laughs> in celebration of such a glorious I event. Might, I might pull out the Offerman. Who knows? Uh, Just such an occasion. Uh, it is funny that this, this Indiana football team is giving up 30 points on average. MSU scores 24 of those and does so with two miraculous touchdown receptions. Yes. Um, One that should have been a pick, uh, the one to Montori Foster where he's spinning around going the other way in the first half. And the other one. hands on his head because he's so upset that he threw a pick. Right. That wasn't hands on the head like, did you see that Cohen Carr dunk? That was, oh no, what did I do? And then another one where Malik Carr catches the ball, bounces off a man, is unbothered by it, and then just lumbers into the end zone from there. So there is 14 of your 24 points. Um, I suppose they could have scored those through other means. But like, truly, like, I know that we won. I know that the Spittoon's back in Scandalera Center. I, I'll go see it at some point over the summer and stand next to it and spit in it. Um, but uh, this did not. This felt like a non-loss, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's well said. Um, I, you know, Nate Carter goes down. Uh, I'll continue to say that, that uh, you know, this, this season might have gone a little differently if, if Mangum, Jaron Mangum, had been able to play uh for all of it because you know uh it's not gonna it he ran 12 times for 34 yards so that's not gonna like you know knock your socks off but what did he have in the five receptions for 33 yards that were all really timely yeah um like he he was a he is a difference maker for a bad team. And uh, so that was, that was good. Especially um, a bad team that loses Nate Carter. Like, yeah. Would that have been Harold Joyner taking all of those snaps after Nate Carter goes down? Yeah. Or, and, or someone else entirely like who knows? 
after that. And I continue, like, I don't, I don't want to belabor the point, but I continue to be really angry at Harlan Barnett for how he mismanaged our quarterback situation. Mm-hmm. Um, Sam Levitt did not make the trip to Bloomington, which, in fairness, if he's not going to play, you're taking a spot from someone who can travel who might play and ends up being there was a good chance people were going to play in this game with all the injuries. Uh, it ends up being they were so, just picking up dudes on the side of the road on the way down. Um, but so, you know, I, I don't, Kate Hauser, I, I hope, has a wonderful offseason and, and develops meaningfully. But it, it's another game where dude does not step into a single throw. Um, and you can tell when he's airballing or throwing into the dirt, you know, little swing passes. Um, it's just... And d- we didn't even talk last week about Harlan's comment about the quarterback situation, saying that hindsight is twenty twenty. Bro. Here's some more we, hindsight. We were you. talking about it. Yeah. <laughs> Here's some more hindsight for you, Harlan. Um, we could have picked anyone else to be the head coach. <laughs> There's more. I mean, it would it have almost been worthwhile to give Scotty Hazelton or Jay Johnson or Ross Ells the keys or cap the program or cap just so that like they move out of their regular role and we can backfill with someone else maybe that does a better job at those various things. I don't know. Um, I, I think it, Harlan probably would have better served the team continuing in his capacity as a, as a defensive secondary coach. I, can we still buy this narrative that like he's kept the team together? There are like five guys left on the team at this point. Yeah, and and the ones, and even some of the ones playing, I, you know, I, the irony is that I, I do think Mel Tucker of all people, uh, seemingly recruited pretty high character dudes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so well, that's not what Johnny I, Bacon told me last year. Told me well, that it was like basically a bedlam on the sidelines uh, every game. And and even if uh, even if they're not, which I again. Seemingly, this actually is a, you know, there's a lot of really young, good young leaders on this team. But, you know, someone like Jordan Hall, for instance, isn't an idiot. Yeah. The more reps he can get, the more time and program he can get, the more film he can get, the better it's going to be if he goes to the transfer portal. He's not, what's the virtue in leaving midseason? Truly. Like, what are you going to do? You're not going to go start somewhere, in, you know, the next mm-hmm. week. So, like, you might as well finish your season out. And, and to the character point, I think someone like that also realizes to a degree they've made a commitment somewhere and they they plan on following through on that commitment but between uh the mismanagement by by harlan and the absolute disaster that is sd4l like i don't even know what this team looks like next year yeah you know all the kids that that you're like love to keep them like looking at jordan hall and chance rucker right like uh blake spencer I, i don't know that you get to keep those dudes wasn't it fun when we got to keep Malik Spencer for the second half? Because like I was looking at the, the depth chart, like, okay. Uh, if, if he gets called for targeting and he can't be back next week, um, what do, what do we do? Uh, is it, uh, 
Evan Morris uh, <laughs> takes over that spot. Like, like, Harold anyway. Joyner spent some time there. Yep. Uh, let's. Can we actually chat about that for a second? Because I, I think this is maybe a one piece of conversation. So at one point in time, uh, Kate and Hauser slid, and it resulted in two Indiana players having a, a head-on collision. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there was the slide by Indiana's quarterback that resulted in the near targeting uh call on Malik Spencer. I I don't like I don't even know at this point in time that 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 the issues here are really targeting played. Uh I quarterback sliding put defenders in impossible position. Mm-hmm. And this notion that you're running, running, running for, for yardage, and then all of a sudden can opt to become a defenseless player. Or, as Kenny Pickett did last year, fake becoming a defensive, defenseless player and then continue yeah. to run, which I did not care for. That in, theory, that, in theory, has been changed by the rules. Yes. But, I mean, but, like, as a defender, I, I don't know what you're supposed to do. And supposedly, the Indiana defenders, who had the head-on collision with each other, had textbook form according to whoever was the the color person because they they sort of jumped just over where the quarterback would have been if they were uh if if Kate Hauser had slid fully but i think that was Malik Spencer's problem is that uh the Indiana quarterback slid upright with his body up uh instead of sort of fully laying down i mm-hmm. i just don't know what a defender's supposed to do and to me, the point of, of the targeting is it, the rules is about changing form of tackling. And I truly am at a loss on how how you're supposed to engage with a quarterback in that situation. Or just, just generally. There are so many, like, the amount that you have to operate differently with a quarterback versus every other player on the team or on the field. Yeah. How do you shift that gear yeah. so instantly? And so, I mean, I'm in favor, it, I, I think, got a pretty good track record as, as it relates to we've talked about targeting that like don't leave with your head like this is about changing the form of tackling but you could see malik spencer did make head-to-head contact but by virtue of the slide it was it was leading with a shoulder that just resulted in the dude changed his entire trajectory that resulted in a in a head collision like mm-hmm. i i don't know i don't know what you're supposed to do with that and so um and it, and it put the indiana players i like I said, not, this isn't just commenting on what happened to us. Like it put the Indiana players in a dangerous position as well. Clearly. So, um, anyway, that's all I care about in this game. Otherwise, want to talk about anything else? <clears throat> I mean, we're as a Eckley's a great punter. Eckley's a great program, uh, great punter, and as a program, we're not worse than the Big Ten right now. You know. And Indiana can't even get rid of this guy, if you believe the fans and and those that are writing about his uh, his buyout. Um, they're going to be loving each other next season as well. Uh, so, I mean, even in the darkest hour of MSU football, it's worth remembering. You can always fall back on the old brass platoon when you don't bungle it in overtime at home. Um, yeah. Did you see Northwestern hired their coach? I did, which is fun because 
remember how the uh the whole uh culture was so toxic in northwestern football but then they removed their head coach um and that fixed it entirely and now they're just putting removing the interim tag um on their was he previously the offensive or defensive coordinator defensive defensive uh we don't play them this year so i'm not following that closely interesting they were picked to be one of the worst teams in the power five and then they made a bowl game yeah but it must they, be nice to play in the West. I mean, on one hand, it it does feel like that. It must be nice to play in the West. But on the other hand, like we had some opportunities in games yeah. that we didn't win. At Iowa yeah. was one of them. And I yeah. have very little faith that we would have won meaningfully more games this season if we were in the West versus in the East. Yeah. Iowa, Rutgers, arguably Maryland. <laughs> Technically, we're, uh, we're get to it more, but technically, technically, a win over Penn State puts us in the running for a bowl game. Technically, is there uh, going to be anyone to play that game? A... Though is the is the problem? Is my question? Are they yeah. just going to stay uh, home from the, <laughs> on Thanksgiving? Is that like how many of these guys are thinking like, why come back on Friday? <laughs> why? I know back? that the team doesn't actually get Thanksgiving. That's a that's all a joke. All right. Um, can we talk about the coaches real quick? Sure. Um, so this is uh, the coaches to be that you're referring to here. Coaches to be. Yes. Uh, so I know there's some reporting out there that, uh, let's see, Mike Elko, Jonathan Smith. Uh, what's the name of the dude from Arizona? And Finch. Jason Finch. Candle. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, have all received second round interviews. Um, but Harlan hasn't even received his first round interview yet. <laughs> you finished the season, son. Uh, <laughs> that's that's what Alan's saying. Uh, I, <laughs> you got bigger things to do. Uh, I, uh, I suspect we will find out more slash who the coach is probably shortly after we record our next episode. Season will be wrapped for everybody at that point in time. Uh, at least of those four candidates, I don't think any of them are playing for a conference championship. So we might we might have something to be thankful for, Kevin. Emergency podcast saying. coming. People are saying. People are saying maybe someone uh, will show up for that one, huh? Oh, he'll he's he's gonna be gone. Yeah, but he's planning on joining us. It sounds like. I- you think that was true. I'm skeptical about this as well. Yeah, yeah. We'll see. Uh, all right, let's stay tuned. <laughs> Should we talk about hoops? Uh, sure. Yeah, there's a lot of hoops to talk about. Some of it worthwhile. Some of it not worthwhile. Yeah. So MSU played three games since we last recorded. I don't think we previewed Alcorn State uh, on our last episode. Uh, so <clears throat> uh, lost to Duke. Win against Butler. Win against Alcorn State. Uh, let's start with the, the Duke game, Kevin, uh, champions classic. And what, uh, what were your takeaways from that game? So if memory serves, this was a game where maybe perhaps we were getting to be, get a little bit more out of like, uh, out of a hall and out of an Akins who were our upperclassmen that we were 
expecting more out of and, and very frustrated with. But AJ continued at that time, and you there's been another couple of games since then, so you have to take yourself back into the energy of that game. AJ was continuing at that time to sort of like just bad. kind of just sleepwalk through this game. Like the shooting was awful. He had only two turnovers, but like just bad offensive plays, not finding guys. I guess he had didn't get into the lane. But yeah, did not shoot, did not attempt very many free throws. One free throw, oh, for one from the free throw line, which is just that was in in a lot of ways the story of the game, the three the free throw discrepancy. And I know that Bill has called that out on the broadcast, but it was definitely true. Um, it was a game where the three point shooting was beginning to creep back, but still bad overall. So this was a bit of a discouraging game. I mean, they never led in the second half. I don't think they even led in the last 30 minutes of the game. Um, But one where, now that there's been another couple of games and now some of these guys are, are catching on a bit more, you could imagine maybe, again, on another neutral site in the tournament, this is a team potentially that we could play with. That that was one of the things that I took away from the game. Uh, but Tyson Walker, Tyson Walker, another Tyson Walker in this one and kept it close. So th- those are yeah, my big takeaways. Any, anytime, uh, I think two two other things. It, Michigan State did flirt with making it happen a couple times. And then uh, uh, who's their freshman? Um, uh, Caleb Foster. Foster. Uh, massive yeah. shots. Yeah, big time threes uh, to to separate. Um, some of that, though, was some sleepiness uh, on defense, which was a little disappointing because early in the game, the defense was incredible. Um, I think the two other things of note for me were uh, Carson Cooper um, and uh, just did a great job on Filipowski, um, who ended up going uh, five for 13 from the field um, and only 15 points and eight boards, which he, you will take on a player like that. Yep. Um, and then <laughs> relatedly, Cohen Carr, um, because at one point in time, I thought it was a bad switch that happened. And Cohen Carr, 6'5", Cohen Carr, was on 7'1", Kyle Filipowski. And I'm like... <laughs> and then he blocked him twice. Uh, <laughs> blocked a seven-footer. And, and Filipowski on one of those possessions ended up scoring on, like, some miraculous heave at the basket. Yeah. But, like, I, Tim, I guess my point was it, that the... Because I, I think with these freshmen... <clears throat> You, the thing that you need to be taking from watching their performance is not about. Uh, certainly, we want to evaluate consistency, but like you understand that freshmen are developmental. But what I did see was that a six-five dude was physical enough and had the tool chest to be able to guard a seven-one guy, and that that was not a problem for him. Yeah, and so to me, that means that Carr, if if you're projecting out 
to next year, maybe the end of this season, he's switching one through five. And that's a big deal for Michigan State. So as he gets better and hopefully his off-ball defense gets stronger. Yes, I was just going to say that this all does come with a bit of a caveat that he did lose his spot on the floor and his guy a few times. And that that is not the first time we've seen it from Cohen Carr this season. It will be not the it will not be the last time. I mean, maybe hopefully it is. But um, but it is uh, it's something to keep an eye on is that if he's able to switch like that, that's going to increase his minutes. Because um, that's one of the things Malik Hall can do for you. Yeah. And to put so, a button on your first point, this was the game that we kind of we were expecting this to happen. And it's finally taken place. I think the Cooper Sissoko switch. Cooper then starts the next game, but this was the game where it it could no longer be, you know, uh, ignored that he was outperforming Mm -hmm. Mati Sissoko insignificantly. So a loss, but one where the three point shooting was starting to come back a little bit, starting to see a little bit more out of the upperclassmen that we were hoping to see. Hogard excluded from that and ultimately the switch of the five that we've all kind of been expecting to see but this was I think the instigating event for that yeah I I think the one other thing that I just uh something to keep an eye on for this team because uh, given this team's uh some of its issues as it relates to floor spacing um, in particular, they need to push the ball more than other MSU teams have in years past. And this, this falls back on AJ in particular, but Duke was able to control the pace of the game for much of this game, which resulted in Michigan state running half four sets. And then when Tyson Walker, uh, got going duke rightly put two tall dudes on him and said i you have to pass the ball you just have to and no one else was willing to show up yep so um all right let's talk butler then uh because this was a a a 20 point victory for michigan state 74 54 uh, against a butler team that i don't think anyone should have totally high hopes for but coming into this game butler had not only won all of their games but had won them decidedly uh so you weren't really sure what you were going to get uh we all obviously had Pierre brooks coming back um Pierre brooks did things i had never seen him do in the breslin center before so that was good for him um but i mean so this was the game that we we saw some more of hall Hall takes another step forward, really asserts himself in a number of different ways. Uh, Four for four at the rim was Malik Hall, uh, which let's look at, let's look at his season statistics at the rim. Do I have those? Um, Malik was, I don't have him at the rim, but he was shooting 18 for 30 for two points which is not a perfect that that's not perfect, but it like he was not as aggressive and assertive as he was before in this game. So we like to see that step forward. Um, Aiken nine boards. Not, also gets nine boards. Um, three steals. Oh, nice game. The three point shooting takes another step forward. Seven for 20 overall uh, across the team. Uh, Aiken's uh, 33%. 
Um, AJ sinks one. You know, Tyson Walker's only one for five, and still the the three point shooting was was stepping forward. And then this was the game. Well, first off, Carson Cooper really takes advantage of his first start. I thought played very very well in this game. Now it's yeah. an overmatched eleven boards, overmatched Butler team, but seemed like fully in control when he was in the game. And actually, in, to give credit to Madi, I thought Madi was playing pretty hard in the minutes that he you know stepped in for relief of cooper as well but this was the one where we actually start to see a little bit more out of aj hogard including a little bit of english there at the end of the game uh guarding pierre brooks and exchanging some kind of uh something Mm -hmm. and then uh in the uh in the old handshake line at the very end of the game Clearly no love loss between those two. No, no. Uh, you hate to see it. Uh, I, the, yeah, uh, we did start to see a little bit more of what we need to see. So that was encouraging. Um, Madi, I think it, I don't want to skip ahead to Alcorn, but at least in terms of, uh, I, I wonder how much he's benefiting from feeling that need to compete. Yeah. I mean, when you get your, your spot taken, you've got to, I mean, it's either you fold or you respond. And in fairness to Madi, to give him a ton of credit, he definitely responded in this case and asserted himself. He had a high motor. And, you know, was effective in the time that he was playing. So credit to him. You know, it's not that we don't like Madi, right? It's not that we don't want no. him to succeed. Who, do- who couldn't like Madi? Exactly. He seems like such a. But the the issue was and is that Carson Cooper is obviously becoming a more versatile player than he is. Neither of them. Uh, particularly useful anywhere away from the rim on offense, uh, other than setting moving ish screens. Um, but you know, uh, got got to give credit to Madi for not just like shutting down and being like, "Fine, forget this whole thing." Uh, he really bounced back. This was actually, I thought, maybe a game where Cohen Carr struggled a little bit. I think they were picking on him a little bit on defense. Lost his assignment yep. assignments a few times. But other than that, pretty good game. Yeah, only only two boards, four fouls, like a turnover. Got a steal, but it was it was a bad game for Carr. Um and uh and you'll have those those moments uh from fresh or games from, from freshmen. It but, can happen. Uh you know, uh it's a game that Stevie and, and Nick to check into so that's always a plus well let's talk about the last one where stevie and nick got to check in uh no scoring across any of them although with elkhorn state when stevie Izzo got uh <laughs> got uh fouled i was like this is it this is the moment yeah yeah and that <laughs> was their last foul before the bonus oh brutal yeah. Is it going to happen? It's going to happen for Stevie at some point, right? No. Someday. 
I don't think so. It's gonna. unless he can find a unless we can blow a team out in the Big Ten and Tom calls in the favor of just like pack a Stevie um, to get him a point. I don't know. Okay, the big news on this one uh, for Elkhorn State, which is a incredibly overmatched team, we didn't even preview this. Elkhorn State is two seventy five on Ken Palm. Did you see on the broadcast that they're on a 14 game, I think, road swing, which like, yeah, they're funding the entirety of their athletic. I understand that that has to happen, but there should be rules against this. Like you should not be allowed to make student athletes from Elkhorn State go on the road for 14 consecutive games. That's stupid. Anyway, uh, I again, I understand that needs to happen, but this was the game where the three point shooting really started to come alive. Ten for twenty five, still not like astronomical, but pretty good. And the reason I'm willing to accept that this is a good sign for the team is that they were good shots that were going down, and before good shots were not going down. So to right. me. An open shot is an open shot, or a shot within the offense is a shot within the offense. And if you're right. starting to make those here against Elkhorn State, those are similar to the shots that weren't going in the first several games of the season. So I'm willing, and I understand that Trey Holloman was five of these 10 threes, but I'm willing to kind of start to be more optimistic about the offensive output of this game or of this team is it's trended over the last three games. What do you think? Yeah, I, I think so. There's a couple things. Uh, one. Yeah. Trey Holloman going five for five is surreal, but I also think Xavier Booker going one for six is also not real. He's a better three point shooter than that. Yeah. And so, and Trey Holloman is not a five for five every night kind of guy. Yeah. Uh, so, so, you, you know, sort of regress to the mean, if you will. Um, I would just say, I think, I think it was the Duke game where we started to see Malik Hall, right? And, and I said, great, still don't believe it. Um, and then, and then he had a, a, another good showing against Butler, who may or may not be good. But still, Malik Hall showed up. Um, ends up in this game, he he tweaked his ankle in the early part of the second half mm-hmm. and was sat as a precautionary measure. Um, but two for four from the field and zero for two from from beyond the arc. Um, he, he had some good moments. I I just I don't know. I I, I just for I think. I can't trust him yet. That's fair. I just, yeah, there's, there's enough evidence in there to suggest that he'll disappear again on me. He's hurt you too many times, Michael. Yeah. Too many times. Uh, there's so much trust that needs to be rebuilt with Malik Hall right now. Uh, I will also say, um, I thought it was a really good thing that they didn't play without Tyson Walker. I think the mental exercise that they um, had to play without Tyson Walker is what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which uh, do you buy that he's sick as a dog? <laughs> he did not look. 
sick as a dog to me over there. I did not. I when they glanced over at him, I was like, oh, there's a man on death's door. Look at him. Yeah. How does he get by? Yeah. <laughs> this was definitely some load management. Uh, <laughs> but I I think there was something to like. Hey, does someone else want to play basketball? Mm-hmm. Please. And and so you know. Uh, it, it was good to see because it, the other challenge that I think we've seen at, at times with through these the stretch of games, the season, and it, I know it's always easy to pick on Tom Izzo's rotations, but Tom Izzo has been putting out lineups consistently this year where you're like, I don't know who can score on this lineup. Truly, like, who shoots the ball in mm-hmm. this lineup other than Tyson Walker? And so... um I think it was a useful mental and physical exercise for this team to have to go through. Does someone want to score? Yeah. For the love of God, will someone take a shot? Because here's the thing. If Trey can go five for five, then if you've got an open shot, my man, take the open shot. That needs to be the MO for this team from now on is like taking, uh, taking these, these shots when they've, when they've got them available. Very good. Uh, anything else from, from the Elkhorn State game. Again, this is a not good team. And there's only there's a big grain of salt that we need to take this entire game with. But anything I mean, else? Can we can we acknowledge the Cohen Carr dunks and, and the Jeremy Fears dunk? Uh it was a dunk a palooza out there in this game. Uh, the, the one where, uh, where Cohen Carr is like up above the defender and just throws it down into the rim as he's fouled was wild. I've never seen anything like that before. I've seen guys on oops that like the oop is too far away from the basket and they just sort of like throw it back at the basket and it kind of goes down into the basket. But this yep. was a thunderdunk over a dude version of that. That was mm-hmm. wild. Um, and then that Xavier Booker dunk was pretty. Uh, oh, it was fun. It was I fun. I want to talk about the Jeremy Fears dunk. Oh, the Trey Holloman off the off the backboard. To guard. Yep. Yeah. It was great. Um, there there are ways in which, and to your point. There's only so much you can take, but there are ways in which the offense moved in this game that you'd like to see a little bit more of mm-hmm. going forward. So, um, encouraging. I think this was the kind of get right game they needed to hopefully. I was thinking about that during the game in the in the same way that it's true that you need the Arizonas and the Dukes and those types of games to like learn who your team is. Coach Cal is also a little bit right of like, you need to just beat up on some teams and get right and get some confidence going into these games at the same time. Get reps for guys that aren't otherwise playing. Let them see the ball go through the hoop. Let them find their identity, do all that kind of stuff. So I do think that all of that is important as well. Uh couple other quick notes uh before we move on to hockey uh jackson kohler was asked and said he may return as soon as next week which would be way ahead of the schedule uh for for him getting back into play which would be really encouraging i'll believe it when i see it but 
that that's great news. Uh, the other news that we didn't talk about, Garrick Norman is going to, hopefully, honestly, for if the plan is for you to redshirt, which is what the plan is, then hopefully he's able to maintain the redshirt. Yeah. Um, so a couple roster notes. Uh, and I think Kohler coming back is only a good thing for this team. If they can get some post-scoring, that's a positive. Yeah. We'll take it. So. All right, Greg, let's do that hockey. Let us do that hockey. So we mentioned this uh, at the last, uh, on the last episode that Wisconsin was coming to town. Lo, they did. In the time between our last posting and them coming to Breslin or to Mun Ice Arena, they became the number one team in the country. And wouldn't you know it, the MSU Spartan hockey team defeated Michael, the number one team in the country at home. Not once, but twice, and did so in regulation both times and in games where now I had to listen to one on the radio and then I had to sort of like follow the stats update on the other. Um, in they played really well. Like you talk about coach Coach Knights, like putting this thing back together and and having like a a program on the come up, like. Not to like accelerate things too much, but when you defeat the number one team in the country twice on your home ice, which I don't know when the last time that happened was, aren't you kind of back at that point? I would think like that's absolutely incredible. And to have, I think the most important thing and the most encouraging thing is to to be riding a true freshman goaltender in Trey Augustine who was making like fantastic saves throughout. So I went on a bit of a rant there, but like Jonesy, like the question is, is hockey back now? Or is this still a team that's just on the rise? Like it, is it on the rise or are we there? What do you think? Oh, well, I, I, I guess that's a different question than are we back? Because if the question is, are we back? Yes. Is the answer in that this is, I want you to put the word out must that we back up. Yeah, this is this is must attend, right? This is an exciting team. It's a lot of fun, way more fun than it used to be. And so, I, I, I don't. I mean, and the beauty of hockey and the the way the tournament works, like this team has shown themselves capable of. They can make a run potentially. Why not us? For sure. Dude, what? you beat the number in one the, in team. The, and like this Wisconsin team had only lost one game and had gone on the road and won some impressive road games. So like I know that they went that MSU went on the road and lost two games to Boston College when they were the number one team in the country. But it's not like they got well in the second game they did. But in the first game, it's not like they were run off the ice, you know? So like, dude. This is a team team that that for sure can can utter the famous words of Cade McNamara. What if we win out, huh? Yeah, truly. So, truly those those famous words. Like everyone knows. What are the old-timey quotes? What if we win out, huh? Cade McNamara. <laughs> it's up there in the in the pantheon of sports quotes with the Yogi Berras and your Vince Lombardi's. Truly. He's going to be Cade McNamara. He's 
he's going to be a uh, three time in a row attendee of of Big Ten championship game. Good Kate for him. Good for yeah. him. We're so happy on the sideline. Uh, <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, a bit of sad news. Uh, women's soccer uh, hung with BYU for a long time, but ultimately is out of the tournament, uh, losing the Sweet 16. Uh, another incredible season. I don't, you know, uh, I celebrate the accomplishment. Yeah, it's it's fun. Uh, Let's do that women's also, soccer next year. Yeah. Uh, also, it, it, just because we ought to say. Volleyball picked up a win. Uh, women's uh, hoops, I think, all week scored 105 um, in their games. Mm-hmm. So, do you buy this narrative, Jonesy, that this was a good sports weekend for the Spartans? We have several questions about it. Uh, is sports weekend? Yeah. I have a hard time lumping football. It is hard. Even a win in football, the way that this team is playing and who the wins against under the circumstances and a loss to Duke. Like I get that the hockey team is beating the number one team in the country twice, but weekend versus week would be very different. But I, I also look, I don't, I don't want to be overly negative. I think oftentimes here I try and be the positive one. But I don't like this football team. And <laughs> but I, I, I take it personally every time I have to watch a football game. <laughs> kind of. Kind of. Dude, I, I find myself angry watching that. You know what my most angry moment was? When Harlan Barnett mm. iced their kicker at the end of the game and then he doubled down on it in the postgame. Because... I was like, first off, icing the kicker doesn't work. It's dumb. If, if you believe it, Tom Allen iced his own kicker. It's stupid. Um, anyway. And, and then, then they came out not. And then they come out. They put the guys out on the field. And then what? You, yeah, I, I know that you've got the time. You don't, have any, you don't have timeouts? You don't have timeouts. So if you don't like the formation that they get into, I know you've got time enough to put the, the, the defense on the field. But you lost your opportunity to call a timeout if you wanted one there. And I was so mad about it. it. It's just another like Harlan Barnett's not the guy moment for me. Anyway. Uh, I, I also like the illegal shifts that we keep getting called for. Yeah. Like that's because your play call is fundamentally flawed. Yeah. Like and that's not a Harlan thing. That's a J thing. But anyway. Uh, I get what you're yeah. saying though. Uh, We'll get to those. I, like I didn't know that, I that we one. were getting Twitter questions about that. We'll get to that then. Um, do you want to go off yeah. Grand River then? Yeah, let's do that. Uh, so a, a bit of news in the presidential search. It was reported by the state news that MSU was well, down to two candidates. A lot's been reported. In the state news. <laughs> yeah. Well, so I'm trying to do it chronologically here. Okay. Uh, yeah. So. Uh, State News reports that they're down to two candidates and knows who they are. Uh, Then contacts one of those candidates who then withdraws from the search. Mm -hmm. So MSU is down to one candidate. And it sounds like as a result of them reporting this, I don't blame the State News for reporting it. It is news, uh, to be very clear. I blame the people who talked. But as a result of this, now, 
the chancellor of UNC, who is the only person remaining in the search that we know of, uh, is being asked to resign their position in their current job because they've been interviewing at Michigan State. So, uh, Kevin, I don't know what you want to say about this. I assume whoever gets hired is fine. In fact, Chancellor at UNC sounds great. Yeah. Good even. I mean, we don't have any information. Like, I can't pretend to have vetted either of these guys. Like, Chancellor at UNC to MSU president sounds like a perfectly reasonable step to me. Um, I, yeah, I, I think we're just going to be happy when someone new comes in and we're able to kind of start a new beginning, move forward with just a, a board that is ripping up itself apart at the seams. Um, the timing is a bit, as it relates to the football search, is a bit precarious because you're probably, again, around this time next week, it's likely that MSU has offered somebody the football job. Yeah. If they haven't, they're very close. And so if you're also hiring a president at that point in time, Mm -hmm. is that person going to want to be part of that decision? Here's what I would say to the person that is the president. If if you're whomever trying to get the president, this guy who the chancellor for UNC, his name is, I have a tab up, Kevin. He's in the, he's in the club of Kevin's, uh, Gaswuski, something. What I would say to to Kevin here, to Kev, if it was in charge, if I was in charge of this, it was Kev to Kev, I would say it's a perfect situation for you. If it's successful, you can claim it because you will technically have been hired around the same time that they were hired. And if it's unsuccessful, you can distance yourself from it and say, I didn't have the opportunity to get involved in that search. I might have gone another direction. I didn't want to interfere with it at the time. It was obvious to me that the program needed a different direction. You, this is, basically it sets you up to be successful. Either way, you get to choose your own adventure on this one. And hopefully the chancellor of the University of North Carolina doesn't care that much about football anyway. We'll involve him with Izzo's replacement if he's still the president in 2052 when that's relevant. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I don't, I, hopefully no one that you're trying to hire wants to go torpedoing a football, uh, a football hire halfway through. If it's Mike Elko, maybe Kev comes in and says, Elko seems like a pretty good dude. Our team was very excited to beat him this year. So, that's what I would say in this. What do you yeah. think, though? No, that, that's, uh, I, I hope that, though, is the, the path of the individual day. Because what the idea that they would get hired now-ish and then insert themselves into the process would be a level of stupidity that only, I would think, our board was capable of. In which case, maybe the perfect hire. But um, now that I can read his name without just clicking through tabs, it looks like Guskowitz, 
Kevin Guskowitz. Cool. So, you heard it here. So, he's a KG? He's a KG. All right. No, send him um, back. Can't be any good. All right. What else? Uh, a lot happened in Ann Arbor. I don't know how much more I want to talk about this, but... They um, waved the white flag. That's what's important. Yeah. Right? And they fired a coach. And Oh, yeah. Oh, my then, God. And, yeah. and then, the, then the booster, and then also their co-defensive coordinator slash defensive backs coach deleted his Twitter, which may or may not be important. So... Listen... Who amongst you is not Uncle T? We're all Uncle T. This is now how many uh, staff members of the University of Michigan football team that have been fired this year? Four by my count, I believe. Do we count Weiss or is Weiss last season? I think we count him. This calendar year. All right, so Weiss, Hartford, recruiting staffer, Dalian, and... That it? I think that's it. No, no. Shemmy. Uh, Shemmy. He was in the building, technically. Shemmy. Five. Uh, and then you go, you lay a bit of an egg against uh, Maryland. They make you sweat. And uh, you roll over and accept the suspension from the Big Ten Conference because they show you. We know even more about your cheating than you expected us to know. Um, yeah. I mean, what a week. What a the week. One, the one piece of good news for them that came out is, well, kind of, because it, a lot of it's really undercut by that uh, decision to destroy computer evidence, but uh, is the, I think it was the free... Maybe it's the Free Press who reported, or uh, I'm sorry, uh, the Detroit News. Doesn't matter. One of them uh, reported that there was a FOIA request for expense reports for Connor Stallions, and none came back. Yeah, because that's so, what Uncle T is for. Yeah, who was on the board of one of your one of your university-sanctioned NIL collectives. No longer, though. No longer erased. No longer. Quickly dispatched. Uh, so anyway, this is fun. It had been getting a little dry. And, uh, and so this was very exciting. Um, this was a, the fun was back. Um, it'll be back some more. It, this is not the yeah. end of it. Um, so, where are we at for time? Like we're deep in the process. Do we want to skip a Penn state football preview? Like, yeah, here, here's the preview. They have more talent than we do. And as inept as James Franklin is, you can't tell me you've seen any coaching from our sidelines that gives you a sense that we'll be better. The end. Here's actually what I think is more interesting about this game is mm -hmm. the secondary market for football tickets is strong-ish. Uh, it... It costs you on SeatGeek right now to get in the building 25 bucks. And that's like nosebleed. If you want to get down into the lower bowl of this game, it costs you. It looks like it's going to cost you at least 70 or 80 bucks um, to get down here. You, you, let's do. That's not that bad. No, that's what I'm saying. Like I'm. 
I'm kind of surprised because I don't think that it's Penn State fans that are coming into Detroit to, to take these tickets. Although, you know what? Now I'm seeing some opportunities in the 40s and 50s for lower bowl tickets. Honest, actually, if, you, if you're okay being in the end zones, it's actually pretty affordable. Uh, yeah, I don't know, actually. I might take it back. This would be... This is about $10 more a seat than I would expect to see in Spartan Stadium for people expecting to sit out in the cold. What does that mean to you? Thank you. It it means that uh, Penn State fans are disappointed in where their season is versus what they thought it was going to be. That's what it means. Because I, so, I don't I don't expect that there's a ton of Penn State fans that are like, let's go to Detroit for Thanksgiving to watch this. What turned out to be mm-hmm. kind of also ran team. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, that's enough about Penn State. Let's talk about Arizona. Yeah, let's talk about Arizona. So Arizona, Ken Palm, number five, uh, seven on offense, seven in defense, and perhaps most relevant Number three for tempo, like to move the ball. I did get to see some of the uh, Arizona Duke game. Um, They did go on the road and beat Duke, a team that we just lost to on a neutral floor. So it kind of shows you where they're at. And they are led, let me get my tabs up here. Uh, They are led by Kalen uh, Boswell, uh, who's a sophomore, like score first point guard. And having himself a little bit of a season right now. Like, dude is incredibly efficient on offense. Um, you know, represents a high percentage of their utilization and is really, really good. Um, up, you know, when he gets down in the lane, he's fantastic. He's good from three. Like, this is just an all around pretty good basketball player does have a little bit of a turnover issue that maybe you know if you were looking for uh just one thing to point at turnovers might be the thing for kylan here but uh overall having a fantastic year um also you know caleb love senior uh larson also a senior like they've just got some guys on this team that are playing their roles and are playing very, very efficient basketball right now. So I don't know really like what you, that they're shooting well for th- from three, 40% right now from three. Um, they're shooting like 58% on twos right now. Uh, the free throw margin is marginal. I guess if you're going to point at one thing, that would be it. But like, this is a tough game uh, on the road in a, what is this? This is some kind of like brand new, uh, brand new tournament. Today was the doing? first game. Today Great. was the first game of that event. Great. Uh, uh, but um, it's in, it's in Southern California. 
Uh, it's in uh, Palm no. Springs, isn't it? Yes. That's right. So that'll be fun. Uh, so that game is what? Uh, that game is Thursday, right? Thanksgiving? Yep. What time? Do we know? Mm-hmm. Sure. I'll pull up the website. It don't worry uh, about it. it. People will find it. Anyway. 4 p.m. 4 p.m. On Four. Fox. 4 p.m. on Fox for your Arizona Wildcats MSU Spartans game. Um, anything else that we defense, want to cover? Defense will win that game. Defense will win that game. Okay. And, you know, shoot the ball. Uh, let's, do, uh, let's do the Twitter questions, but before we do, I gotta give a plug for a dear oh, friend. yes. Good call. Mike Jones. Uh, so, I, uh, you know, for those who don't know, last time I was in Michigan, he hooked me up with a treasure trove. And uh, I'm drinking Duke and Dame salted caramel whiskey. And I just want to let you know, in case you're, say, looking for a after Thanksgiving beverage in uh, a little bit of coffee, maybe, uh, the salted caramel is quite tasty. Or maybe you just, this week at work, you're really going to phone it in. You're looking for that noon drink. Just throw it in your coffee mug. It's fantastic. Hmm. Cheers. But I don't have plans this week. Bye, Alcohol Anonymous Chip. Bye. Bye. Uh, I'm going to take another route with mine. <laughs> So I've got a bamboo cream fifth here that I you you've kind of got it in my head here that I'd like a recommendation from the listenership for a rum liqueur cream what type of cocktail or drink I should make with that to have over the holidays. So reach out to us, DM, you know, tag us whatever it is. Uh, your recommendations for what maybe I open one of these and like serve it on Thanksgiving. What, what drink I should be making for that, for that group. So very interested for what you guys would, uh, like for me to, to make Uh bamboo cream, which looks, it's a very attractive bottle. All the bamboo rums are very attractive bottles, but this is Bumbles like a fantastic. white and gold type look to it. It's going to look very regal there on the counter for Thanksgiving. So, Recommendations, please. Much appreciated. All right, let's do these Twitter questions. And first up is Jason P, who asks, is Cohen Carr the most exciting basketball player to watch since since Shannon Brown? Ooh, I mean, we've had other basketball players that are very exciting to watch in other ways, like your Cassius's, your Kalen Lucas's, your Draymond's, your, um, who am I missing? Denzel. Denzel's perfect. Yeah, I was definitely missing that. Athletically, I think it's safe to say that he's the most exciting basketball player to watch since Shannon Brown. Um, Maybe even before that, maybe the most exciting to watch since Jay Rich. But overall most exciting? I think maybe you've got to look at one of those other guys. But having those moments, for sure. Yeah athleticism, explosiveness, right? Like, uh, how did he do that? Well, I mean, Cassius did some things that you're like, what? Yeah. But, um, but yeah, it, fair question though. Uh, and, and if you're comp is Shannon Brown, then I think, then I think it's obvious that we're talking sort of that athleticism. Yeah. Um, and to your point, uh, I think Jay Rich is the, I think he might be more than Shannon Brown, which I love. 
Yeah. Love Cannon Brown. And you know what? Honestly, Cohen, Carr, if you can put together a athletic career the way that Shannon Brown did, you'd probably be very happy about that. Just don't, you know, follow it up with more fraud. Um, next up from Joe Ashworth, why don't we have more weekends like this? I guess this is taking the Duke game and removing it from the cons- from consideration. Yeah, if you if you got Butler through, um, pretty good weekend. Uh, yeah, as far as what but, you could accomplish over the weekend, can't be much better. I guess yeah, women's I soccer. Game. Yeah, that's just because yeah, you had to watch. It's just because you had to watch the team, though, Jonesy. The outcome. Was what, still favorable. What remains of it? Yeah. Uh, next yeah, up, from there G- were electric plays in that game. What's that? There were electric plays in that game. Yeah, too. I mean, I, I you know, very Shannon Brown esque. There was some big athleticism. Uh, next up from Joe Ashworth. Uh, why would anyone have any faith in James Franklin? Spartans by ten on Friday. The Land Grant Trophy is coming home. Go green. Go white. Uh, and again. Like what is what's the, what's the phrase I'm looking for uh, where you have two wildly incompetent people sort of dueling in sort of a hold my beer situation? Yeah, what did uh what did South Park call that situation? I don't recall. I, I'm sure there's a there's a word for it. Some some specific type of fight. Um, it's I, not even a mid off, right? <laughs> like it's it, like. Because it's actively thwarting. Ugh. They did take a knee into the half. There was growth. I will say that. Uh, let's move on. <laughs> let's move on. <laughs> Next up is Beth Amaro, who says, I think whoever wins the land grant trophy should make the losing team keep it. Wow, Beth. Beth, did you steal this Beth. bit from us? Or are we just, again... On the same wavelength, I think that's what. No, should... I think I think she's taking it. I think she's taking a dump on uh, on the land grant trophy as I, a trophy. I have said this on this podcast oh. that the interesting thing about the land grant trophy should be that the losing team takes it, but at the same time, it fills. I have such a huge hole in my heart right now, a land grant sized hole in my heart. That I would you want know, in the trophy case. There's one spot for it because it needs to be large enough to encompass that. Yeah, and also I heard that the construction company had to like steel reinforce that one trophy Shelf. cabinet. Um, so yeah, uh, I do like that idea. Except for this year, if we win it, I want it because I want to see it in the window. Um, next, year, next up from Beth. Um, in the spirit of Thanksgiving, please use the word thankful in each of the following. And each of the following in a sentence: Harlan Barnett, Jay Johnson, and Ross Ells. And I'd like I got to it. say, I am. Oh, yeah. okay. I nope. Th- go ahead, do it. Do the exercise. I am thankful that Harlan Barnett, Jay Johnson, and Ross Ells will be done coaching at Michigan State following this Friday. <laughs> Beth continues. I'd like to say I'm thankful for. You three for making this god-awful season a little easier to endure. Cheers and happy Thanksgiving. Aw. Beth, that's very kind of you. 
I, I, Beth, and happy Thanksgiving to you. I like how she tried to make it all uh, wholesome and heartfelt, and we still made it about firing the coaches. Next up from Ev Marie. Uh, are they was... really fired or are they just done? Yeah, just they just ride off into the sunset with all of their money. Do you think Alan has to call them in and say, Harlan, you done? Do, do you think, like, what is that interview like? I, I, I think Alan's checking his watch. Mid, yeah. And, and, they're, and they're best buddies. And, this it, and it's a real Scott's Tot situation that he's in. This I promised this interview. Scheduled for half an hour, but it ends at like the 20 minute mark. You know, one of those. Yeah. Uh, next up from Ev Marie, what was your favorite part of this sports weekend? Alcorn State made me really happy. Really? I guess yeah. it's tough when the Big Ten Network doesn't let you see the hockey games. But, dude, winning at home against the number one hockey team in the country two times? That's got to be it. Elkhorn sure, State? That was, was just a tweet for me. I got to see sick dunks. Like that, But that's what I'm getting at. This is the Big Ten Network's fault, and Jer has told me that apparently the Big Ten Network has found that just the ratings aren't there for hockey games. But yeah. that doesn't make any ratings sense because... Because I turn it on, sometimes it's like field hockey's on there, or cross-country. Like, come on. You gotta be able to cover top 10 hockey teams. What is the point of the Big Ten Network if not in-conference top 10 hockey teams playing one another? Those should never be unbroadcast. It's so dumb. Uh, next up from Mike Jones, if James Franklin does James Franklin things Friday night, we got a chance, right? And I again say, does Harlan Barnett do Harlan Barnett thing? Yeah, and also, what, what guys are going to make James Franklin pay for James Franklin things is, is my thing. Yeah, right. Like, is there, is there right. going to be a team at that point to, to punish him? It, what, you know, is, it, is there going to be a thing that he can even mismanage because we're so out-talented and, and mm -hmm. we have... Like, starting everywhere. I have, I have no doubt that James Franklin is going to do something stupid in this game. But I do doubt that our guys are going to be in a position to make him pay for it. Next up from Mike Jones, uh, do we get our plan A coach for football or do we end up with plan B or C? Lots of the same names are being mentioned for each Power 5 job. Uh, well, I think good news is we moved first. Mm -hmm. So hopefully uh, they seized on that, uh, that opportunity. And an offer I is also, an offer is an offer. Like it, it would take some major cojones to be like, eh, I'm going to sleep on this $7 million a year offer because I think X program might open up. It's going to come. Yeah. Yeah. Also, uh, I'd say this, that we, <laughs> Look around at all the winning that other MSU teams did this week. I'm not going to fall for the narrative that because Coach X was hired, that that was plan B or C. Mm -hmm. Like, Alan Haller has hired some winners so far. And so, 
you know, like if it ends up being Jason Candle, I'm not going to assume that that's because Mike Elko fell for it. Other thing, right now, we are, uh, I think it would be objective to say, the second most appealing Power 5 job available. And the What are you calling number one? Well, that's what I was going to say. A&M? The only reason A&M would be number one is because they are willing to throw around unlimited money. And that would be appealing. But at the same time, if you're a football coach, you just saw a national championship winning coach fail spectacularly there. And the SEC is about to get a little bit more staunch. So is the Big Ten. But the the a, a national championship winning coach just failed at Texas A&M. If we buy into this whole like guys look at the whole program narrative, which actually you and I don't think completely subscribe to because these are all like competitive psychopaths. That is a data point that you've got to figure in. Um, Whereas MSU is without a coach because dude is truly the biggest dipshit to walk the earth. So I I mean, I I do think A&M is a, is a better job. If you were a competitive psychopath, because they have clearly a well-established and efficient NIL machine. Mm-hmm. Like this is this isn't me suggesting that AM is a better job for any other reason. Maybe than, some of these coaches really like dead collies. I don't know. But the uh they're I cannot say it enough that SD4L yeah for a billionaire who uh, apparently put a lot of work into this whole thing he sure did burn it down real fast yeah there's there's a real possibility that if we get a plan b or c coach it's because plan a coach was like you do not have an nil infrastructure in place Mm -hmm. and like i can't I can't take care of the players. I can't keep a roster together. Like, why would I take the... And that doesn't have anything to do with MSU's facilities, who we play, our TV time. Like, none of that. It doesn't have to do with the salary. It is It is that they are competitive psychopaths, and they want to win, and MSU doesn't have the infrastructure to win. Yes, but counterpoint, we won best NIL infrastructure last year. Counterpoint. Counterpoint. Uh, next up from Mike Jones. Uh... Sat next to a Butler fan Friday night. Kid looked like he was in college, had his cell phone up recording a bunch of stuff. Asked him if he was the hoops version of Connor Stallions. He replied with, F Juwan. We got along along great during the game. Like this kid. Sounds great. I mean, I don't know where cosine anti-Juwan stuff comes from with Connor Stallions. I guess this was like, what, what it's not a it's not a direct line is what i'm saying it's but. it's but it's butler all he knows is hoops here 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 uh next up funny, is tyrone plum uh who asks are we getting jake dickert coach jake dickert uh, sounds dumb or cjd sounds dumb can't t- have any pictures taken of him dick pics is how we got into the situation despite looking like the singer from the muppets his wife is just quote unquote 
hot enough that James Franklin could hire him. Forgot about that, bit, didn't you? I did forget about that. I don't, I don't know that reference. That there was a uh, James Franklin has a thing. Oh yes, where yes, yes, he yes, only yes. trusts people with attractive uh, wives because it's like an old, it's like an old like baseball scout type of thing of like he's a five tool yeah. player with a. He's only a two-tool player with an ugly girlfriend, you know. He's no, he's no good, and turns out to be like an all-star. Um, yeah. So uh, he's, he's anti Billy Bean. Yes, 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 yes. And In he, more ways than one, actually. Yeah, yeah. It's actually uh, a pretty good. Yeah, it's actually a pretty good comparison. Uh, last up from Tyrone Plum, Plum uh, rant of the week. None. My daughter asked to skip the game and come to the beach instead. Who won? An offensive it, and offensive question to incite unhinged noises. Back to last week, Plum, which, which did your dad approve of quicker, your love for peen or your love for green? I'm horse-dish. Plumsy. Uh, we'll never know. We'll, no. we'll never know. That'll be lost in the sands of time. Uh, uh, next up, Ali. Uh, I'm writing this while watching New Mexico State put it on Auburn. Do you think old 10 would have won that game today? I think no. He would have overthrown Malik Carr too high on that last pass. What do you think? Do you think if Peyton Thorne was here, this season goes better? I think... It, it, I think quarterback transition. I'm back to where we started when he left. That he's plus or minus one game. I think we would be plus one game right now with Peyton Thorne. Maybe plus two. But this is not like an eight-win team all of a sudden with Peyton Thorne on it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I think Keon Coleman, probably a bigger deal than Peyton Thorne. I, I still think that. Sam Levitt the whole time and had Keon Coleman, I think we would have been great. Great. You heard it here, guys. Uh, great. Next eight up. Wins. Eight wins. Next up from Spartan 18770. Can't believe we won. We only won by 32 points. What's wrong with this team? Is anyone saying this? I mean, Davis Smith was in with like seven minutes to play. Like, I, yeah. And oh, Tyson Walker. Some, something, didn't we, play. something we didn't talk about, by the way. Did you see that at 18 minutes and 48 seconds left in the second half? That Tom Izzo called a timeout to yell at AJ Hogard? No, I did not. I oh, did I look away during that time? No, I don't remember that. Yeah, like literally one minute into the second half, uh, Alcorn State hits a corner three on in kind of in transition ish, but like AJ didn't close out very hard on the three point shooter, and you could see. So Tom immediately calls a timeout. And just lays into AJ, and AJ's giving an explanation. He's like, "I don't care. You get in his fucking face." You, like you can see him; he's bright red. And I was like, "Thank you, Tom. Yeah, thank you." Well, did we, we kind of skip this? Reportedly, AJ Hogard told Tom Izzo that if he keeps playing poorly, he should bench him. Supposedly, supposedly, <laughs> we would have liked to have seen that happen actually at some point, but. Yeah, don't threaten me with a good time. Yeah. 
next up from Spartan right, 1770, if Tucker hadn't been yanking it, this team would have won eight or nine games, huh? I think this team wins seven. It's hard. I don't know that we get the. I don't know that we get the coaching level mm. of incompetence. Mm. But uh, I mean, we still get some. Like, let's yeah, I not think, forget. I don't think you're going. I, I don't think you're going into onside kick formation Correct. against Rutgers. That's true. It wasn't twice. that twice. We had our like, criticisms of Mel Tucker, but it. It, I think you win Iowa. I think you win Rutgers for sure. That Maryland game is still really TBD to me, but I don't know that a quarterback switch happens. Yeah. Next up from John Hubbard. I heard the announcers describe the football game as quote. No, you, you missed. We're doing two, Michael. We're doing two. Oh, sorry. Uh, and, and sorry, it's Barney. We're, we're kind of down. It, it is. We're, we're getting. It's the long episode. Uh, John Hubbard, uh, I heard the announcers describe the football game as, quote, fun. Is that what fun is? Do we all have fun watching that? It's a lot like the Ohio State game. These guys, their job is to keep you watching for the ad breaks. <laughs> the more football you watch, the more commercials they can sell your eyeballs. So if they stand around and go, what a great time. You can't miss a minute. You're going to stay tuned so that you can watch Bud Light commercials as they try to get their market share back. If you, <laughs> though, if you watched only clips of this game, you would have been led to believe that this that perhaps was, it was fun. a fun game. Yeah. And and maybe if you were an impartial third party that happened across the game, maybe you were a pet whose owner had died with Big Ten Network on the TV, um, <laughs> you might be like, oh, look at these two inept teams. This is like some kind of South Park fight. <laughs> All right. Next up, uh, Thomas Zambiasi. How will you celebrate when the new coach announcement drops? Well, we'll probably be on Zoom. And I... Do I wait for the scotch until it's announced that the coaches have been fired? Well, it's sort of a twofer. Do, is, it just right? implied, is it just implied by the hire? Once the hire happened, that sort of initiates the whole situation. Um... So, yeah. But scotch, probably. Yes. Or uh, that very expensive tequila that uh, Mike Jones had. Indeed. One of the two. Indeed. Uh, next up from Thomas Zambiasi. Based on how the other Big Ten teams are performing, should I actually be raising my expectations of the basketball team? This, Kevin, is an interesting question because the Big Ten has been doo-doo caca by and large. Uh, they they split the Gavit games, right? If memory serves, um, not great. And Maryland, who got housed. I think a lot of people, housed. I think a lot of people thought Maryland was going to be maybe good this year, has been bad. And that was against a Villanova team that seemed to be sleepwalking through the second half and dropped a home game. But uh, Maryland has a loss to UAB, I think. Yeah. 
Um, maybe. I mean, this is a very Big Ten West type situation. Uh, maybe just like with football, a bunch of turds kind of just swing around the ball. Davidson and UAB. Hmm. Hmm. They only beat Mount St. Mary's by 15. But, like, <laughs> but seriously. Yeah. Yeah. I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. Uh, <laughs> that sucks. But the, yeah, I mean, the thing Maryland is, fan. though, the expectations don't change. You know, Purdue and MSU were considered the top two teams in the yeah. conference. And I don't think that has changed. Michigan, you know, Doug likes Doug's a good highlight, but then they lose to the beach, you know, the Kendall's just simply beach. So I, I I think the expectations are still the same. It, I guess maybe the, the distance between MSU and the other teams might be different. Yeah. Uh, All right. Um, Next up, Nate C. Is this the best sports weekend this year? Let's fucking do that hockey. I guess so. Like, football's been... I'm amped that everyone else is amped. Yeah, yeah. Football's been such butt, such do-do caca, that sure, let's take it. You add some hockey. If we're sticking with just the weekend, you add some basketball wins. Yes. 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 Let's do that hockey. Next up, Nate C. Uh, great, Greg, this is for you. Did the scouts just tell AJ no, so he's super dejected? Does this explain what's going on with AJ? No, because I don't think the, ever, the scouts ever said yes to AJ. Anything to him. Right. The, I don't think the, spent, the scouts spend a whole lot of time talking to AJ. Like, that young man has a game that does not translate to the NBA. So... I think this is, and also this isn't a change in behavior from AJ Hogard. He disappears. He takes, we just had an opening about a year, two weeks ago. No, this is it. I, well, I think okay. he could come back if he wanted to, but maybe NIL changes that. Anyway, we'll discuss, there's plenty of time to discuss that later. That is, but that is a nightmare scenario. Okay. Yeah. We've had, Tons of discussions about how AJ just doesn't turn it on. So this is just who he is at this point. And hopefully maybe that changes at the end of his career. Um, Next up from Mike Fisher, given the success of Jeff Hostler and Adam Nightingale, should the fans be showing a bit of faith in Haller to evaluate potential football head coaches? We've debated this. And it's not just him. Leah Johnson appears to be right on track for volleyball. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know it's very early, but Robin Freilich is showing big Promise. time signs of life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, uh, and in the recruiting trail, like, it's kind of actually kind of exciting. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I'm on board with this. Like, if you told me. If we hear get word that that Haller got his guy, then I'm I'm gonna trust that he hired the right. One. Yeah. 
next up from the search. Hi, podcast daddies. I saw you almost try and encroach on our territory last week. We're encroaching more this week. That being said, are you lighting the candle, uh, becoming an ecolite, or milking El- your El- nips El- for Smith? Well, an alcolite, yeah, I guess. Not ecolite, alcolite. Um, or milking your nips for Smith. Uh, so I actually, I want to shout out two things. Uh, Verbose Dutch uh, DM'd and, and pointed out that uh, Jedfish, the Arizona yeah. uh, coach, Big win. had his backup quarterback throwing 50-yard bombs up 17. I like that. I like that attitude. Um, and then also, uh, Sheehan had on his podcast, uh, a guy from the Toledo Blade talking about Jason Candle. I don't hate on Candle in the way that I used to. I like, color me intrigued. Genuinely. Uh, but I don't know. I don't care, man. Do you have a, do you actually have a preference? No, no, I like I've maintained what we said from the beginning. I don't have the tools to evaluate these coaches. And do you do you care about offense or defense? Like, is that something you you have? I care about, about time of possession, Michael. Time of possession is the one true stat, and uh, that is what I evaluate good teams off of. Mm, mm, mm. Do you see Iowa secured uh, their spot in the Big Ten championship I game do. while Brian Ferentz is fired? Yep. Yep, nice little twofer. I mean, it is true what what everyone is saying about the Big Ten West. I don't think that we'd be competent enough to take advantage of it this year, but it is true. Uh, next up from the Keith Ski, the U of M story gets turned into a TV movie on Spike TV. Who plays Connie Stallions? Who plays Jimmy Cheater? Well, Ooh. I'm going to put in a Jim Caviezel for, <laughs> for Jim Harbaugh. <laughs> Yes. Oh, you know that's that is that is too yeah. perfect. That is <laughs> too perfect. Uh So we just need uh who's the dude that always plays the like gump-faced white guy from like Black Klansmen and um Like, this is an actor that, like, you're not going to know by name, but when you look him up, you're going to be like, oh, yeah, that guy. He was also in the Tanya Harding biopic. Uh, I'm looking for how about, uh Jimmy. How about Jimmy Simpson as Connor Stallions? Sure. I don't know who Jimmy Simpson is. You, you I promise you do. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and send you the link just to hear in the chat for you. Uh, this is great. Spent too much time on this. Is no, this is great audio. Oh yeah, that guy. That could work. I could see that. I could see that. I think Weirdo. maybe. Nope. 
I'm really struggling to Paul Walter Hauser is the name that I was going for. Paul Walter Hauser is my pick for uh for the counter stallions. Next up, where are we even? I'm so deep. All right, next up from Cedar Village Bagel. If you were given control of the land grant trophy design, uh, what is one so figure? You missed second by. Oh, you missed number two from Keith Key. Cal Halliday makes me so angry. Does he have any eligibility left? If so, where do I donate to buy him out? Uh, Spartan Dark. I celebrated on se- I celebrated on Senior Day. Let's just say that. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up, Cedar, uh, Cedar Village. Yeah. If you were given control of the Langrad Trophy design, what is one figurine or statute that we'd add to it? Can be MSU related or not? I think Harlan Barnett. <laughs> okay. Feels right. Yep. Feels yep. right. Sure. We'll take it. Next up from Verbose Dutch. Do you have the number for a good strength and conditioning coach? Do we sincerely believe all of these injuries? The ones on the field. The ones on the field where the guys don't come back, I believe. Yeah, like the one where Hauser tripped into Samak and ended his career, breaking his leg. Yeah, that was great. Yep. Believe that one. That was a good one. But some of these other injuries. Yeah, is Chuck Brantley hurt or is he kind of hurt? It's sort of like, was Tyson Walker under the weather? Sure. If the game mattered, would he have played? Absolutely. I think these guys are all Tyson Walker hurt. Yeah. Uh, next up from the Upper Deck Jerk Guy, uh, why is Trey Holloman so underrated? He's certainly underrated by me. Uh, this came in before the game, too. So I don't know Credit what you saw due. that led you to believe that Horst, you're not that smart. Uh, next up from Everdrag Jerk Guy, uh, what would your reaction be? Uh, what would be your reaction if Harlan Barnett was named head coach? We would just shut down the podcast, right? Like, we honestly, would I, I don't like when Kevin jokes about this, but yeah, <laughs> like, I hate watching this team, and I do because I love being a Spartan, I like this podcast. But my God, it'd be over. I would quit. Yeah. Now we're going to get huge petitions to uh, to hire we, Harlan Barnett. We wouldn't. He's going to go from being. I like, don't even think we would. The least liked uh, single human being on campus to like. They're going to be marches in the streets demanding that Harlan Barnett get the uh, get the tag lifted from him. Um, would we even do a coaches show? Would we even do an emergency pod, or we just like? It would be a farewell pod. Uh, next up from the upper deck jerk guy, uh, or no, we we're done. Uh, only two upper deck jerk guy. It's a long episode already. Uh, next up from Jer Bear, uh, what's the a- impact of not having Jackson Kohler right now? Well, hopefully, we're about to find out. Yeah. Uh, but I think like another body is important. Some degree of shooting is important. The rebounding was okay for Jackson Kohler as memory serves. So the, there's you get leaner. Yeah. 
It's another option. He's got that sweet bohawk right now. Oh, look at him over there. Next up from the Jer Bear, do you have uh, coordination and or hands that you could donate to a basketball player in need? No, I'm keeping my hand. Uh, and also, you're talking to the Slenderman over here? You think I've got coordination and hands? Come on now. Come on now. Mm. Let's be real. There's no athleticism here uh, available for the team. Next up, John Ibibibi uh, asks, we just had John L. Smith. Do we really want Oregon State's John C. Smith? People, people are saying. Uh, it would be like really easy fodder for the fan base if that was the hire and it didn't work out. If John it goes Smith's, south even a little bit, so fast. John Smith yeah. would just be banished from campus. At least it's a different spelling of John. Is there that? Anyway, he's, yeah. not, he's not on the list, as I understand it, for the, the two-interview club. Uh, uh, that, mm. What? Well, I mean, it's not a definitive list, right? But still. Was he on yes, the two right, internet? Yes. Was he on the two interview list? I don't think he was. I thought he was. Oh, was he? Was it Dickert who was on the two interview list? I thought it was. I thought it was Smith. Doesn't matter. One of the two. Okay. Doesn't matter. Who cares? Next up, our Monopoly. podcast does not focus on these things. Though we appreciate the questions. Uh, yeah. Uh, next up, Mop, in, particularly if you can make a John L. Comp. Uh, you mentioned your podcast beverages, so maybe the listener should mention our drink during question composition. This afternoon, it's a lovely, crisp Pinot Grigio International, a.k.a. Southern Ontario. <laughs> International. It's from abroad. <laughs> what is your wine choice? Red, white, or do you favor domestic or, again, generously, international? Yeah, I like my international Cancun whites. Uh <laughs> I do like that. Uh, I'm a I'm a dry white or dry red. Pardon me. Give me the dry reds. What about you, Gen Z? What are you reaching for? Uh, uh, I'm a, a for reds. I'm a cab person. Uh, and then um, for whites, uh, Pinot Grigio or Sauvignon Blanc. Uh, and I I like my ones from California. Or uh, Argentina. Does everyone remember where I exclaimed to the whole podcast, I'm a dry white? I do. Uh, next up from Monopoly, remember way back when during the five-hour Ford Field Rage episode, where you talked about losing the season's second most attractive game to Peacock and also Ford Field. Well, now that the season is winding downer, what was this season's first most attractive game? Might have been the first game. Season. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, as it turned out. This team was both not good and our coach sucked. Mm-hmm. But we, I Next stand up. by everything that we said in that episode, by the way. Yeah, it's, they still shouldn't have given the game away. It's stupid. Um, Next up, last up, Jess. Jess, who? Welcome to the question. Who's this? Never heard of Jess. Didn't. Don't know any Jesses that listen. 
Longtime listener, first time questioner. I was at the United Center on Tuesday and had a direct eyeline on Alan Haller. What should I have yelled on your behalf? Well, this Jess, is, if you're a longtime listener, you know he's a confirmed listener. Yeah, I was going to say, this is a confirmed listener, Alan Haller. So, some kind of inside joke, just so you could get a wink, you know, some kind of acknowledgement. Maybe a reference to a plum, uh, you know, a particularly unhinged plum rant. Uh, maybe ask him about his permanent record, something like that. What do you think, Johnson? But I think when you get the chuckle out of him, what's really important, though, is that you look him dead in the eye and you say, don't fuck this up. Because <laughs> unfortunately for Alan Haller, his career is on the line right now. Yeah, this is all just fodder for us, but for Alan, yeah. New president's coming. Not great. Yeah. Uh, I think it was last week. I didn't mention this on the pod. I think it was last week, but I was driving up Harrison. I was stopped at the light in front of Breslin Center, and I looked up at his office, uh, and he, the light was on. He was in there. He was doing work, hard at work. The TV was on, and it was playing Family Feud, so I got to enjoy a little Family Feud with Alan Haller for a moment there, while presumably he was working on the next football hire. But wait, really? Yeah, was it really? It was Family Feud. Uh-huh. I watched the Family Feud. I watched Family Feud on Alan Haller's TV from the red light. <laughs> His was the only office light on in the building. Got to give him credit for that. On that side. <laughs> on that side. It's a large building. And it's a large TV that you can easily see what's playing on it from street level. <laughs> I hate everything about this story. <laughs> Kevin, if we don't have a hire by the next time we record. Or the time after that. Certainly. If there are two episodes that go by and we don't have a hire, it is full-blown panic. Uh, Anyway, until then, apparently, everyone, you had a magical weekend. You must not have watched the Indiana game. Or maybe you watched Family Feud. Go white. (laughs) 